0: Today's podcast begins with 20 minutes of silence. I'll watch the time. Nah, just kidding. That might be good for your mental health, though. And I have a brand which prioritizes it heavily on today's authentic avenue. Garten, a company focused fully on wellness at the workplace, born from a grandmother's garden. Meet Michael Heinrich, their fearless founder. He learned early on that corporate culture prizes productivity over health and has been rallying against it ever since. Today I sit down with Michael and learn more about how health makes wealth as well as about ways to find your own well-being, including meditation and a particularly unique purposeful pause. So do some yoga and enjoy as I get real with Garten and Michael Heinrich. You know, wellness and well-being, whether it be at home or in the office, wherever you are, is especially important. And a lot of the ways in which people talk about developing that uh, comes from the way in which they grew up, the ways in which they grew It's that word and a play on it uh, that brings me to my conversation today with Michael Heinrich from Garten. Michael, thank you so much for joining me. It's uh, great to talk to you and great to learn from you about how you approach this topic. So first off, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing very well, Um, Adam. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Um, Super excited to to talk about Garten, about well-being. So thank you. Well,
0: it's my pleasure. Let's jump right into it then. Why'd you found Garton? I know it wasn't always called it, but I know the story has been one and the same since, I believe, about six years ago. So why don't we start with that? Tell me the founding story.
1: Uh, Yeah, it uh, really started as a search for meaning for myself. I um, was consistently, when I was working in different environments, whether it was financial services or a hedge fund or... kind of uh, management consulting and product management, I was consistently questioning myself and wondering, am I delivering the value to society that I should be delivering? And that question kept nagging at me consistently and consistently. And it really comes to this idea of, was I being authentic with who I want to be in life and with my purpose in life? And at some point I I said, okay, I I don't want to question myself anymore. I want to go into the search for meaning. And so that was roughly 2009, And uh, it took me a good few years to really understand what is authentic to me and realize that um, I grew up with a grandma in Berlin, Germany, that kept emphasizing that health is wealth and that preventative health is significantly bigger than or better than fixing things. And uh, she taught me this idea of lifestyle habits, of eating directly from the garden, um, more through action um, because she never Really gave a prescription and said, Here's a bunch of tablets that you should take. Um, it was much more about eat from my garden, make sure your diet is as clean as possible, make sure you have good exercise habits in your daily life. And then I, I thought about that and I said, Huh, that's been so deeply ingrained into me. And yet here I am consistently complaining about why isn't there more well being in the office? You know, why are we eating all these processed foods in the office? And then said, Instead of complaining, why don't I start a company around it? And that was really the origins of Garden. At at that point, it was called Oh My Green, and uh, we, I said, uh, let's start with uh, an area that uh, is the high, the, uh, one of the most highly processed foods that we take into our body, and that was uh, snacks. And so started with just the idea of let's clean up um, ultra processed snacks in the workplace as a start. Uh, that was 2014. Um, That was the original idea. I didn't know how to build a business model around it when I was at grad school at that point uh, at Stanford and took a class by uh, Steve Blank, who's sort of known as the father of um, the Lean Launchpad or Lean Startup methodology. And uh, the teaching team really helped me understand how to build a business model, what it takes to build the company. We started generating some of our initial revenue. We had our first enterprise contract in 2015. Uh, 2016, we entered uh, Y Combinator, and then really started uh, scaling from there. And today, um, we we stand for creating workplace well-being, and nutrition is one component of that. And now we also have more well-being offerings that we're that we're releasing and have released.
0: And we'll talk about that in just a second. But to stand for workplace well-being, in your corner of the world, which is in your leadership of Garten. Would that be an appropriate definition for that broad word, authenticity, or is it an even broader term in your mind? I'm curious how you define it, because everybody defines it differently, and we might as well start here with the way that you do.
1: Yes, so well-being is definitely part of that definition. Um, To me, it's living a life of purpose and bliss, and uh, that's actually why our mission statement is to empower people to live healthy and blissful lives. And for me, that purpose is captured within that mission statement of the company. So I, I believe that all my life led up to me creating this company and now being the embodiment of that mission. And uh, what results when you live in, in that purpose, when you live in that mission, is the bliss that comes from it because you're in tune with your purpose and you're consistently learning, adapting, growing uh, together with that purpose. And so that may take very different shapes and forms for, for others in their life. But for me, initially, at the start of uh, garden slash oh My green back then, it was about bringing healthy snacks to the workplace. And now um, it, it's um, what I would describe as total well-being, which is mind, body and environment, with nutrition being a very key component of the body part of well-being.
0: If I can very briefly tell a story of the way that I interpreted the word bliss in the workplace and go back to the first internship that I held and then again to the first job that I held. The way in which I was ushered into those halls of those respective businesses basically went as follows. You got a welcome little package, you got your folder with all your important papers in it, and then you were led on a tour of the office. And that tour always seemed to land in one of two places as the eye-popping moment for either a college student or somebody just out and starting their career. That would be either a recreational room where you would find your stereotypical ping-pong table or the kitchen, where a snack-laden counter or pantry or refrigerator would dazzle your eyes because it always felt like what you wish you could have as a kid and now it's in your office. Isn't that great? You can now work and have this. It seems like the best of both worlds to me. As far as my professional life, that is bliss. Now, it didn't take too long for the wool to be pulled back up from my eyes in which I saw that that was, of course, a way for me to stick around the office for a longer time. And this is indicative of a corporate culture which is underpinned in something which I can find right on your site today. In fact, there's a statement there in which I think you'll be able to illustrate your search for meaning even further. That statement says, corporate culture prizes productivity over health when you said earlier in this interview that health makes wealth i think a lot of what these businesses that i witnessed are similar to things that i learned in my economics classes in college which are that in some ways wealth can make health i think that's a little backwards way of thinking about it but regardless how do you seek to buck this trend the trend of pricing productivity over health within your four walls and we'll start there because i'm guessing it extends far beyond it but i want to learn about your interpretation and perhaps uh, rebuke of this statement.
1: Yeah, and I would answer it in a, in a in a few ways. Uh, first, it's a, it's a false trade off. Productivity does not come at the cost of health. Um, two, um, within Garden, we I want to personally demonstrate that it is possible to build that well being into your day to day life and into your interactions. And so we, as a third point, build it into our culture, and that means it's also part of our policies, it's part of our performance and compensation pieces. But um, yeah, so those are the, the three prongs that um, I think about. So on the first one, um, it being a false trade-off, how, I mean, yes, you can do more and get more done, but is it really at the quality necessary? And often it's a very cultural thing. It's sort of like, oh, I just pulled two all nighters. Look at me! I'm like saving the company. I'm doing so much for the company. It's a badge of honor. I feel so great. I've I've done my duty for the company. And and at Garden, we're here to basically show that that's not necessary. What we really care about is finding that sweet spot of accomplishing more and doing less. Uh, sort of that 80-20 principle, Pareto principle, whatever you want to call it. Um, And we want to avoid the aspects of if that work that you produce in the first place because you didn't sleep well or you weren't fully rested causes a lot of mistakes, quote unquote, and follow on effects from that, don't you end up spending more time kind of fixing all of those issues that occurred and wouldn't have been much less stressful to do kind of the necessary parts of the work as clearly, as correctly, with the best decisions and a very clear state of mind in the first place? And and our answer to that is yes, because if you look at the statistics, it's just not pretty. Um, according to uh, <coughs> a Stanford researcher, Jeffrey Preffer, the workplace is the fifth leading cause of death in the United States. And so that mentality is just not working. Really long hours, needing to do more, having a culture of just um, work more, work more, and get more done um, is something that we're completely going against. So that brings me to the second and third prong, which is my personal demonstration is that well-being is a non-negotiable for me. And so I make sure that all parts of what I mentioned, the mind, body, and environment piece, are alive and well in my life, because I know if I don't get appropriate amounts of sleep at the right time, I know if I personally don't exercise, and for me, that's uh, Shaolin, Kung Fu and yoga, and if I don't manage my own thoughts through things like transcendental meditation or interpersonal dynamic type of work, I know I'm not going to show up as my best. I know I'm not going to be there for um, my employees or we call them ambassadors on a day to day basis. Um, I'm just not going to represent what the mission stands for. and so. I, at every occasion, try to create um, that personal demonstration. And so the way we implement that is we've got uh, something called the purposeful pause concept. And it's uh, two time periods during the day where you get uh, 20 minutes uh, each time to pursue a well-being activity of your choice, whether that's you know meditation, yoga, walking outside, gardening, spending time with family. It's really up to you to, to create that. And then recently, we've also introduced giving given that, you know, the work day is extended into the home these days and um, there's more calls, there's more lengthy time every day. We've decided to also give two purposeful pause days per month where people can take the entire day and to figure out what's most meaningful to them on that day and and choose a well-being activity.
0: So it seems like you are going full force into this. And by this, I mean a reversal of that statement of the trend which you seek to buck on your site. I'm curious then, what have you seen out of your own ambassadors, and I think it's an interesting way of saying them as opposed to employees, in terms of the ways in which their, shall we say productivity, but maybe what they bring in terms of themselves to work as the product as compared to what you might otherwise see? because this is all amazing work, purposeful work, but there hopefully is a is a great return to Garton for enacting these practices. And so I'm curious what you've seen in terms of data or measurement, or is there anything here to suggest that you know not only is this bettering people's lives because I, I can see them, we're giving them purposeful pauses and that sort of thing, but actually it means that when they are sitting down and and doing their duty for us as you said it it is being done at the highest possible quality there is less there is less um drop off of of quality over time because of this i'm curious what you've been able to see there because that's what would be instinctual for me is like okay well how did that result how has it resulted for you uh, thus far
1: and uh, the, the best way to answer, I would go back to this false trade-off that one might assume that, oh, because people are working less, the results are going to be less. And so our, our values document actually very clearly states that I believe that rest is the basis of results. And so the way that's shown up for us is um, uh, we've grown um, 124% year over year since our inception um, in terms of revenue. And so that That again, just shows that there doesn't have to be a trade-off and it's shown up also in terms of how our leadership shows up, how our ambassadors show up on a day-to-day basis, whether it's interactions with um, our customers, whether it's an interactions with our suppliers. um, We show up as fully authentic, present and uh, joyful because that's just part of the brand. That's part of well-being when you're living your purpose, when you're uh, in the moment, you're going to experience bliss. When you're you know, not tired, you're going to show up as yourself. And it's shown up in, in those activities for us.
0: On this show a lot, I talk not only about definitions of authenticity, what does that mean, but also, I'm speaking to the title, these avenues How do these organizations and their leaders that I talk to operationalize that authenticity through the different tactics within their four walls that they use to bring their values to life? And you've given me a couple of examples of this thus far. I think the purposeful pauses are actually a really great way of doing that. I'm curious if there are uh, others which are personal favorites of yours or others which have been personal favorites of those who you now lead because... As listeners love to hear stories of brand builders and the moves that they make within those brands, maybe you spark an idea in their mind. Heck, maybe they come to you for advice, but I'm curious, what are some of the other, if we can say, avenues to accomplish this that you've, uh, that you've spun up at the brand so far?
1: One of my favorite questions that I get during the day is, um, how are you living the mission in your personal life? And that to me is a direct embodiment of what we stand for, and I love hearing it from many different corners. Whether it's um, you know at the sales side, and, and we call sales connections actually because of that, because of what we represent and stand for, or it's on the operations side, or it's on the leadership side, and it's 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 such a joy for me to hear that and to see um because what we are attempting as a leadership is to make sure that these values that mission is reflected in all key um employee lifecycle uh, life processes so that includes the recruiting the onboarding performance daily rituals like purposeful pause the you know as as people exit and uh, that's that's a really great uh reflection the the other thing is consistency of message no matter what happens um, if we have to reinvent ourselves in times of covid we don't or i and other leaders don't move away from the well-being practice that we've held so dearly we make sure that all of our all hands start with a purposeful pause for example and there's just that consistency of message that total well-being needs to be pervasive and we need to show that to the world and it needs to happen in mind, body, and the environment. And in this case, environment is the, the culture that we're creating. Do
0: you mind if I ask a slightly ignorant question? Because you said something towards the end there that sparked my interest. All of your all-hands meetings start with a purposeful pause. Does that mean you just you get on the phone and you all are silent there for a minute? I mean, what... What does that look like? What is it? Can you walk me through? Maybe we can do it here and maybe it's bad radio. I'm not sure. <laughs> what, what is a purposeful pause other than just silence?
1: That's that's basically what, what, what we do. Yeah, we uh, spend about 20 minutes uh, in silence and uh, we, we 20 minutes, 20 minutes.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, so hang on a minute. Let me let me let me let me illustrate this. So you have an all hands call. Let's say it's an hour, 20 minutes of that. Your team will just spend their videos on. Can you just see each other? Is it not? I, I, I am getting. I am finding it difficult to come out of this. Being like, that's more than an awkward pause.
1: How do you do that? We, um, we have a purposeful pause policy, and we give um, I think ten plus different ways of how to enjoy your purposeful pause policy. uh, Purposeful pause. Um, For some, that's uh, meditation, um, like myself. For others, that's um, light yoga stretches, um, restorative yoga. Um, for others, it's, uh, you know, they can spend 20 minutes uh, talking to their family or making sure everything is going well there, or taking um, a meditative walk. And all of those are great uses of time for the, because it gets you out of this idea of, I'm just doing and doing and doing, and I need to do more and I need to do more versus when, when are you actually spending time with yourself? When do you give yourself that time? Especially if you're uh, a parent, most of that time is um, you know, taken. Most of the time is uh, spent during outside activities versus kind of curving back on yourself and just spending time giving yourself that time. And so that's, that's why our first 20 minutes of our all hands uh, do that. And usually people take themselves off camera um, I, I keep myself on since I'm just sitting there <laughs> and, and meditating, but um, but others take themselves off and it's really up to the choice um, of what they want to do.
0: So it's my guess that when folks come in and join this team, they already sort of have to have a mindset of accepting these sorts of practices and things as as things that they would normally do. Maybe there's a maybe there's a good way to to ask this question here because I'm curious then, like what makes, what makes for a great Gartener, if that's the way, I don't know, an ambassador of the brand? I mean, at first, is that like a ramp up to that? And, and you know, my apologies for going back and, and asking more questions on this, but that is something that I have never heard before. And this is probably only the tip of the iceberg in terms of things that you do for the team, but uh, I'm just, I'm fascinated
1: it, it goes back to my uh, comment around the culture and our values and our mission needs to be reflected in all of our employee life cycle processes. And so even during the recruiting period, we do ask specific questions. Um, you don't have to be, you know, 100% fully bought into meditation, for example, but you, you do need to have a growth mindset and, and want to learn and want to implement well-being practices into your life and give yourself the space and capability to even explore that, what that means for you. How can I um, use those 20 minutes twice a day and those purposeful pause days now twice a month to do what's best for my well-being? So if that curiosity, that spark isn't there during the, uh, the interview, and then we also have different cultural values, which um, we uh, summarize as FORCE, which stands for fun and family, openness, Results, curiosity, empowerment. And if you don't score well across some of these uh, uh, dimensions, then we also know this might not be the right fit for you personally.
0: Interesting yeah i'm just I'm curious uh as to as to how folks who go through that interview process feel though I assume that there is a bit of self selection that goes on there and by the time you get to that core group of ambassadors and employees in the company that everybody's pretty much on the same page and thus those twenty minute uh, purposeful pauses aren't actually as unfamiliar as the outsider may think. I want to ask. And our last few minutes here, it'll be less than 20 minutes, I think, uh, for a little bit of advice. And here's why. Over the last 20 minutes, we have uh, determined that you have a number of strong values which reverse course on the ways that companies have traditionally been productive and perhaps in that definition, profitable over time. Ways in which you have injected personal truth and found meaning in your story at Garton and the ways that your ambassadors do as well. Listeners to this show are always seeking for that. It's a bit of uh, of a golden goose to find the intersection of personal truth and a brand's truth. And on this show, as I already mentioned, we talk about what some of the avenues to that true authenticity are. From you, I'd love to know what advice you can give to our listeners on how to find that because it seems that it was a multi-year journey for you and understanding that it's not overnight. What are some of the moments within that journey or maybe some things that you remember looking back on it that you can pass on to listeners as things to look out for?
1: It was definitely a journey over, over many years and it's centered around exploration and giving me the space to explore and to quote unquote fail, whatever the, the, the meaning of that, that word is. and. Along the journey, the four most impactful things that I've done were A, uh, learn Transcendental Meditation, two, take Landmark Education, um, three, take an Interpersonal Dynamics course, which is more focused around emotions versus Landmarks, more focused on thoughts, and then uh, the Conscious Leadership uh, Methodology. And to some extent, I, uh, through happenstance, was able to uh, get into these. Transcendental Meditation I never heard about until I worked for um, Ray Dalio Bridgewater Associates and been sort of looking for a meditation technique kind of all my life. I have tried out uh, Tai Chi when I was a teenager. I uh, tried out Zen and Buddhist and sound meditation when I was in college and never heard of um, Transcendental Meditation until Ray said like, hey, this is one of the keys to my success. And I think that's really where my uh, spark around this well-being journey um, got got lit up because I was like, oh, somebody who's running a really successful hedge fund is saying that a mental technique can make a big difference in your performance, the way you see the world. And um, I initially thought I'm just signing up for a, a simple mental technique and it really enlivened all parts of my being, all parts of my life. I've had experiences where on meditation retreats where I just felt part of everything. I was just so connected. There was just a feeling of being home. There was a feeling of total bliss. And the way I was looking at the world completely changed. I um, saw really deep radiant colors and and the, the bliss came through me. And I was like, wow, that's what's possible of the world around us. It does not have to be full of stress. It does not have to be about doing more, doing more, being outwardly engaged and trying to accomplish more and and consistently finding a new yardstick and just beating that yardstick. If I have, you know, this house, when I'm in that house, I need a bigger house or, you know, the new iPhone came out, I can no longer be happy with my current iPhone. It was very different from that. It was all about inner peace on that journey. And that led me to then think, what is my deeper purpose in life? And through Landmark, which is much more about thought management, much more about giving you the tools to understand that the way you perceive reality is very much a story that you've created. Um, And that's also a part of my authenticity that I found, because I realized I created a story of needing to be perfect because I was afraid that people would see that I'm not good enough. And that came from an interpretation of Uh, my father, of not getting or receiving the way I wanted to receive love from him. I thought I needed to prove to him that I'm good enough for him. And so I went after prestigious schooling, prestigious jobs, just to prove that I'm worthy of his attention. Even though that was a complete misinterpretation, all I wanted for him was his attention. And at one point he just said, "I'm, I'm busy, I'm working, I'm at the dinner table. I just have a lot of stuff I need to do. And I completely misinterpreted that. I thought I'm not good enough. And when I realized that, our relationship totally changed. I was like, "Wow, I'm I'm the person here that never said that I love you, Dad," and created a new possibility around it. And realized that all of those choices that I've made were not authentic. They were not authentic with my purpose. So now I really need to think about what is my true purpose. And so. It's just an illustration of what you can do when you stand outside of the past and the baggage that you've brought with it. And then you can start asking your, yourself those questions when you're outside of your kind of mental image of what the world is or needs to be, what is your purpose? How do you bring happiness to others? And I quickly realized for me, some of those answers came in, oh, I've been complaining about this consistently. Instead of complaining, about food quality about lifestyle habits at work i can actually make a difference why don't i take this on and then um it felt very meaningful to me as i as always I going through that thought process so my my advice and recommendation is to explore um try different things on for yourself um even if it's very uncomfortable looking at yourself in, in that way um, but uh, definitely experiment with different um Things like meditation, like landmark education for yourself.
0: Listeners, here's what I would advise to you as well after listening to this. And thank you, Michael, for that uh, incredibly personal story that was probably the earliest iteration of that search for meaning and truth. Of course, I'm happy for what you've done today and what you'll continue to do to what can I do to help um, turning that into a, a reality. What can I do to change the world? Listeners, if you are listening through this now and wondering about ways in which you can actually be additive in whatever way you think that is, and perhaps authentic as a byproduct of it, maybe take 20 minutes, have a pause, clear your calendar, or force a clearance in your calendar. Read up a little maybe on transcendental meditation, and I can put a little link in the show notes here if you're interested in that. And however you can document things that either you don't like, things that annoy you, things that you want to change, or things that you complain about, and maybe there are ways in which you can help, ways in which you can turn that energy into something different. And if it's just to clear your head, okay, because everybody uh, has their own method of finding meaning. I'm really glad to have learned about this way of finding meaning and the journey therein today with you, Michael Heinrich from Garten. Thank you so much for sharing your story here. And uh, you've inspired me. I'm going to go back. I've tried meditation. I really have. I've gone in and out of it. I'm going to go back to it a little bit just because I think, I think it's good for everyone, me included. But until I do that, thanks very much for the chat.
1: <laughs> really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me again, Adam.
0: I'm still trying to meditate well Probably overthinking it, but I will leave some guidance in the show notes as promised. Thanks, Michael, and thanks to you, the listener, for tuning into our podcast today. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcast. And hey, you can also find me elsewhere LinkedIn at Authentic Avenue or just Adam Connor. I'm there personally as well. Twitter at Authentic Av. And you can also write me directly, Adam at AuthenticAvenueMedia.com. Would love for you to say hi or recommend a guest or just tell me what you're thinking. Building a little mailing list there too, which you might consider subscribing to. This has been your host, Adam Connor saying until I get real again with you, thanks for taking a walk with me down Authentic Avenue.